Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, brother John. Mm-hmm. Tried to figure a different way to do that. Hey, you know, I had an idea this morning, John. Uh, see what you think of this. You know, uh, since we've started using Substack and, and people are getting this mailed to their inbox, uh, I think more people, uh, we've got some new listeners. And uh, I'm not sure if he, uh, I mean, I'm not sure if they uh, are aware of, you know, the format of the show and who we are and stuff like that. So you want me to do like a short intro? Go for it. All right. My name's Jerry, and this is my brother, John. Say hi, John. Hello. Okay. Yeah, that was that was pretty dramatic. I know. You're not ready for that yet. But this is The Bro Show. And, uh, yeah, all we do is we talk about a few things for about 22 and a half minutes. And, well, we're easy with the time, but, you know, well, not that easy. Anyway, this is the opening. We're going to talk about a few things. Then we have a rat story. Uh, we have a word of the week. And then we have two takes on some subject. Uh, also, we have Groaners, supplied by Vincent, Vincent Anthony Lauder, Jr. So that's our show, and uh, we're ready to go. That's very good. I like that concise summary. You're welcome. All right, so uh, what are you wearing, John? Short Doing wise. fine. Doing fine? Yeah. Oh, you're wearing the Doing Fine T-shirt. Doing fine. The show. Doing trying fine to, you know, I'm trying to keep this concise. I'm trying to keep this thing moving oh, along. Doing I'm, fine. Oh, I'm, I'm wearing the band T-shirt. How's that? Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm with the band. It's gray. What color is yours, John? There's only one color. Mine's black with the techie uh, uh, fist bump. Oh, technical yeah. technicolor fist bump. Technicolor fist bump. Okay, so that's good. Uh, hey, guess what? We have a sponsor. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> the, the I Live Here 2 t-shirt Ooh. hosted by Bonfire. And all the proceeds from this go to the center... <sighs> For humans and nature. nature. My employer, this is a little yep. bit of conflict of interest. but It is just a little bit, but <laughs> since we don't make a goddamn penny on any of it, who cares? Yeah, they are fully aware of the shirt, uh, and one of the, the staff members is gleefully, uh, with pride, wearing it. He's the one who has a uh, has a City Creatures uh, blog. Uh, he deals with uh, a lot of animals, including wolves, and so he is thoroughly enjoying it. He, he liked really it. liked it. He wore it during staff meeting, and it was great. Now he's a uh, uh, he, he's a uh, his people are from the Netherlands, I think, aren't they? Gavin something. All I know is he's from Oklahoma. Yeah, what's his last Outside name? Outside of does he have, Van does he have a name? Yeah, that's that's definitely yeah, a I, Dutch name. Might be, but I, he, he's never said anything about the Netherlands to me. I just know they no. just talked a lot about Okies. Okies. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> John, you ready for a rat story? Oh, yeah, rat story. Hey, look, I figured what I was going to do was one of my um, teen interests happens to be mascots. So I thought, how many teams are out there, whether it be high school, college, pro, whatever, use rats as their mascot or as the name of the team? So what I did is I decided to take a look at the uh, mascot database and sure enough, I found a fair number of teams that use not rats, but use river rats as their as the name of the team. And from that, they end up having a mascot. So what I've picked is there's a, a, a town in a very his, baseball historic town in Florida, Sanford, 
they have a uh, a baseball team in the summertime that consists of collegiate players in a wood what's called a wood bat league. It gets them ready to play pro ball. They're, they've been playing with aluminum bats. Now they get a chance in the summertime to go with it. So it's the Sanford River Rats. What makes this uh, site yeah. and this place so historic is that uh, one of the first games in spring training that Jackie Robinson was supposed to play was in Sanford, but it, since it was segregated, they wouldn't let him play. So it's had kind of this, ah. and you know, it's kind of got overcome all that, this and that, whatever. So that's the deal. Now, with respect to the mm. team itself, the team's yeah. been in existence in this league, this, 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 uh, like I said, oh, summer bat, well, collegiate bat league for about 16, 17 years. It's won their championship several times. And what makes it really cool is that they've got a mascot, which you will be able to see if you take a look at our website with our photobomb. Ralphie. Oh, yeah. Ralphie. Ralphie the River Rat is like featured in our photo bomb. bomb. Now, this team has a, is very, the, the games are very well attended. They have a strong following, so strong that what they've done is they've actually got a, a club or an organization called the Rowdy Rats. Which Wait is the the, <laughs> the Rowdy Rats? The, the Rowdy Rats the, is the group, the, the fan. It's like the fan club for the They're River the Rats. Ra- Wait, why aren't they the Rowdy River Rats? I don't know. Uh, I guess they figured that it fits better on their the, their t-shirts, and oh, I'm sure that if they're as t-shirt centric as they should be, should they be have a shirt be. that says Rowdy Rats on it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So you can, if you uh, were living in that area, uh, you would have an opportunity to join and become a, a, a member. They sit together, they talk trash. You know, they're the ones who keep the game interesting by con- hissing and booing and hazing the uh, the opponents. Oh. Uh, I've seen, I've been to ball, uh, minor league clubs where the where t- games where basically the way that they treat the opposing players with very upscale trash talk. You know, you just uh, yes. you just you just described a presidential debate. <laughs> now that I think about it, and take away the upscale, and I think you got it. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh. John, may, may I say a word or two? Are you are you done with the river rat story yet? Can I kind of say a word about? Rats? Oh, I just want to let you know that it's it's free admission to the fan group. And go ahead. Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, the rat story this week obviously is a, a thinly veiled attempt of my brother to talk about baseball. Uh, he can't go that many minutes without talking about it, but he managed to get a good bit of baseball history and trivia in there, and I appreciate it for one. I'm starting to enjoy baseball again because of my brother John. Now, a couple words about rats. Rats are rodents, as we all know, and uh, there's a theory that, you know, unless something eats them, they keep growing. And river rats are renowned for being large. Now, a word about river rats. They are rats that live near the river, they are not rats <clears throat> that have been specifically aquatically adapted. All right, that's a oh. that's a mis- yes. Now, if you want to see a rat or a, a rodent that looks very close to being a rat that is aquatically adapted, you might look at the nutria, and there will be a picture of a nutria in the photo bomb. What makes these rats particularly anno- uh, alarming is the word mm. that they have large front teeth, almost like a beaver. And wait for it, John. These teeth are red. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's all I got to say. All right.
Be right, uh, we well, I think yeah, yeah, I think it's about enough. Uh, I, I was looking up. San- I, I hadn't thought of this before, but the River yeah. Rats are is is Sanford on a river, and it, it appears yeah. that it's on a large lake. So the body of water mm. where these rats are <laughs> are, hanging are hanging, yeah, um, is probably a, a, a large lake. But still, um, hey, look, it's a, it's a. Yeah. I, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put uh, Sanford, Florida. And uh-huh. the uh, river rats on my bucket list. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I think it's time. Wow. I think it's time for a word. Do you have a word for us, John? Gird. G-I-R-D. That is pronounced like G-U-R-D. Gird. Okay. Gird. And gird quite often, you think about like belt tightening, uh, putting something, strapping something on your, uh, around your stomach, uh, is, is a, oh. what I call one of the earlier definitions of the word. Oh, that's girdle. Uh, like, uh, that's where girdle came from. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah oh, wow. Yeah, you got it. You got it. I, I like it. I like it. I like it. Wow. Okay, go but, ahead. Since then, there's been other definitions, and I think it's like when I said this word to to you, uh, mm. Jerry, I, I, I know the next word you said was loins, gird your loins. Yeah. Uh, which is, has a biblical connotation to it. So another definition, and we'll get around to that again, we'll do a, a round with respect to that, uh, is the definition I go, the verb, is to prepare oneself for action. Mm-hmm. Yes. And in these times, uh, and, and yeah. we need to prepare ourselves in so many ways. Whether it be COVID, whether it be the 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 you know the transition that's taking place as we speak, or supposed to take place with yeah. respect to the in the presidency. So I've got my example sentence being: the president elect needs to gird himself for a difficult transition. Uh, as an example, good example, good example. But why don't you go a little bit into the biblical side of it and and what it kind of it really it really comes home when you take a look at why it it has it, it has this idea of action battle uh, behind it. Yeah. Now uh, in the photobomb, also we're really heavily heavily reliant on the photobomb this week. In the photobomb, there's going to be a series of small caricatures of a biblical era person. Taking uh, like a Roman toga kind of affair. Tunic and is like I think they call tunic, it. Tunic, that's it, that's it. And yeah. using togas for parties. Okay, I got, it, I got. It. <laughs> yeah, toga. And uh, so, yeah, which they have. You see the illustration. It shows how you take something that's kind of loosely fitting and and rather comfortable and turning it into more or less a, a onesie diaper. Uh, yeah, it's it, it sort of right. saying, look, th- this tunic is going to get in the way if I end up getting in a fight. So we've yeah. got to do something about it real quick. And I need my <laughs> legs free to move yeah. in a drastic manner in case I need to kick somebody. So, yeah, yeah it, it's, a, it's a ready for battle kind of thing. Gird your loins, you know, that's a, prepare yourself for battle. It's a call to action. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty exciting. But, you know, John, actually, I, I had a couple of two, three other thoughts about this. Number one, every time you say this word, I only think of one thing. Breakfast I food? Think, no, I think of the caddy shack and Gerd, the caddy. Gert. G-E-R-T. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's close enough. Yeah, yeah. It's this fellow who, uh, an expat from Germany who we caddied with, and he couldn't say grilled cheese, but that's all he ate. So he called him girl cheese. Remember that? Yeah. And and Gert, yeah, a, a good guy actually. He he was a little rough, but uh, he was he was a pretty good guy. 
And so that's the number one thing I think of. Secondly, I was talking to Sarah last night about the word. She pointed out to me that this word is in the Australian National Anthem. Mm. Yeah. Okay, but it's the past tense form of the word. The past tense of gird is gird. Ah. So here we go. So I thought that was pretty cool. So that is very good. I'm gonna yeah. I'm going to look up the word uh, later on. I have an Australian uh, dictionary, which I'll take a look at it and see what it's all about. That's nice. I like it. It gives me a little bit of something to do today. Some some okay. add some excitement to my life. Well, it might keep you out of trouble, and I use the word might. Uh, yeah, I know. There's I a say lot that of, there's a lot of hours in the day, so we got to be careful. Oh uh, yeah, there are. Now uh, it's the fourth line in the national anthem. Our home is girt by sea. Ah. Right? Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get yes. it. It's protected it's, or it's yeah. secured. Or I think this is pretty cool myself. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's all we got on the word. Now, John, I think, I think we're ready. This oh. word in your example takes us into two takes, <gasps> our next yeah. segment. Yeah, as we take a look at what's ahead of us, uh, we, I'm counting down the days. I think it's 67 or 66 between, that we have until we got inauguration day, which is the day in which the, you're the talking baton, about the U.S. presidency now. Yeah, the, the president, uh, passes the baton, uh, Trump passes it to Biden. I don't know if President Trump has been invited to the inauguration yet, but. That's, That's a good the way point, it's supposed John. to go. Yeah. But uh, with that in mind, there's a lot of news out there about the fact that here we are. We're at the point now where most of the states have certified their vote. Uh, yeah. We've got a few recounts going on, but the word out is out that Joe has won the election. Um, yeah. So as a result, uh, we've got the Electoral College on December 14th. A few little formalities to go through. But during this time, what is Trump up to? I what think, is he I think going we have to three do? Choices. We have three choices here. He can either pillage, prank, or destroy. And this is mm. our take on what we think he's going to do, right? Yeah, I uh, I decided, you know, I'm the kind of guy that if I, I decided to take uh, one of the things that's been cited as executive orders. Um, the, the fact is that the way the government set up with the legislative branch, executive branch, and judicial branch, the executive branch is the ones who do the walking. They're the ones who basically execute the laws of the mm. land. And yeah. they have this myriad of, they have a cabinet and a myriad of agencies and organizations underneath them. That is what does the work, makes it happen. In the process of doing that, though, quite often the law maybe doesn't spell out the necessary detail that is required in order to properly manage and make efficient what you have to do. Out of that comes a, a myriad of things that can be done anywhere from executive orders, administrative orders, regulations, all kinds of juicy stuff. The one that seems to catch most of the interest, and Trump has used uh, just about as much as any other uh, any other president, uh, is the executive order. I think the best way of describing the executive order is to say the executive order, or the best example of it is the Emancipation Proclamation. That is the most um, famous, I think. That's the most famous executive order ever put down. Now, you have to understand, executive orders go all the way back to, to square one, back to the GW. Uh, so, GW. You know, this is George, George Washington. Bush? George yeah, Bush? No, George oh. Washington. I'm oh, sorry, George I should have been Washington. more specific. 
I don't know his middle name. I should have maybe looked it up and put that in there, no, too. That's okay. That's okay. The acronym. Uh, that would have been no. much better. Well, the first press. Paris. The Paris. first press. Okay, let's go. Okay. Leave it at that. Yeah. And uh, so, okay. So here we got. We got Trump is really has a notoriety for these executive orders because he's used them up to this point to uh, to basically pro- uh, to uh, execute his promises. In other words, being able to fulfill promises he's made to his campaign. Now, he'll make the executive order. Whether it fulfills the promise or not is not necessary. The important thing is get down. What could be the border wall? It could be things he does uh, to show that we're going to ban travel to these countries or we're going to you know, cut down trade, this and that. He did all that stuff. So he's got a history there, and everybody looks at it and says, well, gee, what's he yeah. going to do executive order-wise to start? To, and my read on this right now yeah. is that there's really – there's other things within that auspices of, of, that I mentioned that are more likely to be where it's going to happen. A couple of things make at this point for Trump executive orders uh, not as powerful as one might think. Sure, he could put an executive order through, but as soon as Biden comes in, the ones that he would be the more specific ones that like, well, we're going to cut trade out to, uh, you know, to Australia. Right. Uh, he could easily upend that ones that would be more general probably would require time in order to implement with a well-oiled machine underneath them to do it. Right. I think it's there. Right. So as right. a result, I think what's going to happen is that, number one, there will be levels below, such as messing with regular, some of the details that are going to make uh, transition. I think the biggest, most effective thing that he mm. can do is start firing people. Now, um, leaving holes. He's already got plenty of holes already. In other words, yeah. this ill-equipped and this, this uh, poorly running machine that he's created, he can yeah. bring it to a screeching halt. By starting to fire not only cabinet members, but people underneath that. So that's after looking at it. And I, I just want to mention one more thing and I'll let you have it. Okay. And that is I took a look at a, um, at all 187 executive orders that Trump put through. And executive order and there, every president at this point, they catalog the orders by number. So this is executive oh, order. Number 123, issued on September 19th, 2019. Influenza vaccines in the United States to promote national security and public health. He oh. issued an executive order that not only addressed, you know, you read that and say, well, that has to do yeah. with the, the yeah. daily, the annual flu. Yeah. I read through the thing. And? and it deals with the pandemic and coming up with vaccines that are supposed to take care of it. Wow. But wow. here's what's so interesting. You read about this and, oh, Boy, the president was on top of this this action. But then I thought about it. And one of the things the president did, as a, I don't know if this was an executive order or not, was basically bail out of the World Health Organization. Yeah. So what this is, is it's, a, it's putting together and trying to coordinate an activity to take place to promote whatever is needed and what we need right now. The problem is I looked at the list of all the organizations that he's tried to pull together to make this happen. They're all within the United States. It's the insular approach yeah, to everything that he's done, yeah. whether it be trade, climate, let's bail. We're big enough to handle this problem ourselves. And as much as I thought to start out with, just by the title, wow, this is cool, I read it no, and say, yikes, 
this is just another example, and that's Nativism. the reason. Nativism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I have your, your to call. say about this. Yeah, I my take. <clears throat> I have a few things to say about this. So basically, I'm distilling what you said, and I'm determining that you think that uh, Trump may do some pranking in the form of executive orders because they're pranks because they can be undone fairly easily because the mechanisms of government that might support them are going to be fairly hollow because he's fired everybody. Yeah, I I don't think he's even I I think the amount of prank. I think the idea of using the executive orders is is overstated by a press. I I just don't think he has the machinery to to really make it effective. Okay. And as a result, I feel that in its place, something that he does have, which is in the auspices, it kind of is kind of it is to just start firing a lot of people. He's good at it. He's very good at that. And it's easy. I mean, yeah, everybody has to have some talent. I think that's one of his talents. All right. I think he's going to pillage. Uh, Okay. I think, yeah. And this is something that you'd have to watch carefully in order to uh, discover. Because he's going to be sneaky about it, and he's going to be overt about it. The overt pillaging he's going to do, which is the pillaging he's already gotten away with, is to have dignitaries stay in hotels and charge them exorbitant amounts of money. Because after all, it's not their money. Right. It's the people's money of the country that they come from. So, you know, he's going to invite people from well-heeled countries to come on over and hang. And as a result, he's going to make money off that. So that's one form of pillaging. But there are many other forms of pillaging that we will never see. It will be done sub rosa, secretly, quietly, Mm. where you can't notice it. He may be doing favors for despots and other villainy kind of characters, you know, where he can give them a bit of intelligence about something and help them continue their nefarious evil doings. For that, he will get some money. There's another way he pillages, and that is to set up a Trump Tower in a country and sell condominiums for enormous sums of money. People never stay in the condominiums. He doesn't really even have to build them. the laundering. Hmm. Yeah, there's that. So, yeah, uh, I think I think there's going to be a tremendous amount of pillaging in the next uh, 66 days. And I think it's going to happen in a form that we don't necessarily see and we won't hear about for a while. Because let's face it, you know, of all the things he can do, this is probably the one I would prefer he did. You know, he's he's going to steal. He's going to steal. He can't help it. He can't help himself. So let him do that. I tie down every painting in the White House, every collectible. Let's well, let's make good. sure. Let's take an inventory before and after. Let's see what's still there when he leaves. I mean, well, trashing is one thing, but oh, but John, stealing is another. There's still going to be there, but people go, hey, is that the real one? Didn't that used to be an oil painting? Isn't that now watercolor? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a watercolor? Yeah. Does it, does it say Baron Trump in the corner? Did, oh, his son's been ripping off all the paintings. I got two groaners. Uh, one from Vincent e. Anthony Lauder Jr. and the other one is uh, I made up. Here we oh, go. What? What? Wait a minute. Wait. A wait, minute. wait. 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 Let's move on. We got a show to do here. Oh, go ahead. Uh, what do you call the partici- the participation prize in astronomy? What do you call the participation prize in astronomy? I don't know. The constellation prize. Oh, that's good. I like that. Okay. That's excellent. That's excellent. What do you call seizing participants in an illegal poker game? Texas what do you hold- call parti- seizing participants in an illegal poker game? Texas Hold'em. 
What's that again? Texas. Texas Hold'em. Hold I like it. I'm going to give you a very close second. I'm, I'm going to call it a full house arrest. Oh, I like that. That's not bad. <laughs> I like mine better. But that's, that's not Okay, listen, you're the producer. You can call the shots. I, I'm, I'll give you, I'll give you a win on that one then.